Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Life by Taylor podcast, where I break down some of the best personal development and spirituality books so we can learn and grow together. My voice is a little bit raspy because I am recording this earlier today. I have a lot of things to do and a lot of appointments, and I decided to wake up early and just do this before I start my day. On today's episode, I'm going to be reading from a book called The Imposter Cure, and as a coach, I could say that I have come across so many people that have a version of imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is very sneaky and I find that I struggle with it at times as well. It's this feeling of needing to be a perfectionist or needing to know everything in order to be credible. It's it's a feeling of matching the way you see yourself with the way the world perceives you. And a lot of the times we discredit ourselves because we feel like people don't see us fully. And we can struggle when we feel like the way we see ourselves is not the way other people see us. When people compliment us or praise us for certain gifts or talents that we have, we feel undeserving of that because we know ourselves more than other people know us. So that's my own perspective on imposter syndrome in general. But the part of this book that I'm going to be reading from today is actually relevant to every single human being. I don't care if you think you have imposter syndrome or you don't. We're going to be talking about a topic that I am so passionate about, something that I would say is one of the pillars of my coaching method and my teaching, and that is self-compassion. So we're going to be talking about the difference between self-criticism and self-compassion and why it's better to be compassionate towards ourselves instead of overly critical of ourselves. I'm going to be reading from chapter seven, and it's titled Compassion, the Antidote to Self-Criticism. When I first talk about compassion with people in my clinic, They look a little confused. Some even look mistrustful. I think many people have a negative reaction to the idea of self-compassion because self-criticism has such a strong hold on them. They're like two magnets having a face-off. You've been brainwashed by the imposter voice, and one of its tactics to beat you into submission is self-criticism. It doesn't want you to entertain the idea of compassion. It knows that compassion will be the first step towards criticism losing its place in your life and the eventual defeat. Without its scare tactics, you'll be able to hear a different view, releasing the stronghold the imposter voice has on you. Compassion is self-criticism's kryptonite. I think most people misunderstand the nature of compassion. Having compassion for yourself is really no different from having it for others. It can be helpful to remember that we are not alone in our struggles. No one is perfect. We all make mistakes, and it's okay to feel stressed or sad. Pain and suffering are a part of our shared human experience. They are just a reaction to what's going on in life. Dr. Kristen Neff, a pioneer in the field, has defined self-compassion as being made up of three main components. Number one, recognizing when we're stressed or struggling without being judgmental or overreacting. Number two, being supportive, gentle, and understanding to ourselves when we're having a hard time. Number three, remembering that everyone makes mistakes and experiences difficulties at times. A compassionate approach means treating yourself kindly and taking a warm, non-judgmental approach. Think brave, strong, fair, and wise. These are core ingredients for feeling good about yourself, and they are important if you want the best chance of making changes in your life. Compassion is definitely not soft and woolly, or a way to let yourself off the hook. It doesn't involve self-pity or being self-indulgent or making excuses for bad behavior. And it doesn't mean thinking positively or only focusing on what's going well while ignoring your faults. Compassion means recognizing specific examples of our strengths and progress and identifying areas where we still need to improve. It means taking responsibility for our behavior even when it's bad and accepting ourselves as human. This allows us to see things clearly and stops us getting stuck in repeated destructive behaviors. 
It is the perfect antidote to the self-critical and perfectionist thinking that can lead us to stress, anxiety, and depression. Self-compassion motivates us to make necessary changes in our lives so we don't continuously judge and evaluate ourselves. We need it not because we're worthless or inadequate, but because we care about ourselves and deserve comfort and understanding to navigate the ups and downs of life. Self-compassion is something everybody needs in their life. There's a wealth of research that shows it leads to greater happiness, optimism, and gratitude. You will try much harder to achieve a goal if you practice self-compassion. And it has the added bonus of making you feel a lot better about yourself in the process. Helps you feel less stressed, quieting your self-criticism. When self-criticism is a bit less loud, you will find it easier to accept and navigate mistakes and failures. This helps you bounce back from setbacks, improve self-worth, and become more accepting of yourself. Speak to yourself kindly and offer yourself praise and encouragement as you work through every strategy. Think of the difference your internal commentary can make and choose the frame of mind you wish to navigate the day with. Yes, 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 yes. That's all I have to say. Yes. I learned this and I continuously have to practice this because it's so easy to fall into the trap of self-criticism, especially if you were raised by parents who are very strict or who used criticism as a way to motivate you. We have this false belief that being hard on ourselves is going to get us to do something. Being mean to ourselves, judging ourselves for gaining weight, for not working out, for not being on top of things, for being irresponsible, whatever it is. I hear people talk about themselves in ways that are horrendous, actually. And sometimes I hear the way I talk to myself and I think it's actually terrible. But I've also learned that we don't do anything unless we believe subconsciously that we gain something from it. So we're judgmental and mean to ourselves because we genuinely believe that that's what we need in order to make progress. But I have seen from firsthand experience on myself, also with my clients, and obviously she's saying this is backed by research, that self-compassion is much more effective. Now, I get a lot of pushback on this, especially for my male clients. They're like, Taylor, come on. Like, life isn't all fluffy. You have to be hard. You have to be able to be hard on yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. And I agree. You do have to be honest with yourself. But if you're being honest with yourself, actually, if you're looking at the objective truth most of the time, what you're doing does not warrant that type of reaction and inner dialogue. Because we are so quick to judge ourselves, and the more our inner dialogue is judgmental and critical the more we extend that to other people. We're less forgiving of other people. We're harder on other people when they make a mistake, when they have their flaws and their moments. And the opposite is true. My ability to cultivate self-compassion within myself has allowed me to also have more compassion for other people, whether it be my parents and the mistakes that they made or when a friend does something that upsets me, it's just so much easier for me because that is the world that I live in internally where people are flawed. And it's okay that we're not always doing things the right way, whatever that means. So I was actually able to make this switch when I had a very profound aha moment. And anytime I teach this to a client, they tell me that it really does help them have more compassion towards themselves. I realized that so many times we'll tell ourselves, oh, I'm going to be such a good parent one day. I'm going to be better than my parents, or I'm going to be just as good as my parents were to me. It depends on the parents that you had. But I hear that a lot. I hear people saying that they're going to be really good parents. And I question that because I I really thought to myself, there are a lot of parents that are not that great. And I don't think they set out to be bad parents. I think they probably also thought they were going to be incredible parents, which brought me to an understanding of this, that we will treat our children and we will speak to our children with the same level of compassion and kindness that we have towards ourselves. 
and more specifically, our own inner child. If when you make a mistake, you're so hard on yourself and so mean to yourself, I want you to imagine yourself speaking that way to your kid. Now you might say, no, no, that's just how I am towards myself. I won't be like that towards my kid. It's just not true. The first relationship you have as a parent is between you and your own inner child. And if you can cultivate with that childlike version of you that exists inside of you, that makes mistakes, that fucks up, that doesn't do everything right, that isn't always on top of her game, then that will extend to your own children one day. And even if you don't want to have children, I think just imagining talking to any child the way that you talk to yourself internally is easy to see that you probably wouldn't want to speak that way to an innocent and pure child. For some reason, framing it that way really helped me commit to making that change and starting to work on this because I recognize that my parents, with all the best intentions in the world, actually did project their own inner judgment on themselves onto me. And even though I recognize that it comes from them and it's their own inner dialogue, I see how hurtful it is and how hard it is to overcome. I don't want to do that to my kids for sure. And seeing it that way has really helped me do the necessary work of releasing the urge to criticize myself when I mess up or when I have a bad week or and to be compassionate towards myself, to be kind and gentle towards myself. Now, that doesn't mean excusing bad behavior and saying, oh, anything goes, life isn't that. It's not about that. It's actually about finding the balance between where you can tell yourself, okay, this is something we need to work on. We need to improve on this, but in a loving and kind way. We don't need to beat ourselves up. Life is already hard. Life is not easy. We do not need to be bullying ourselves internally. As I was reading this, I realized that this past week I've been having a really hard time and I think a lot of it does stem from this idea that as things start to pick up, you know, my TikTok following is growing, this podcast is doing better than I expected. I have a lot of fear of failure creeping in and a fear of disappointing myself and other people and and high expectations for myself to do a good job. And it's so paralyzing that it actually results in me doing a lot less. It's actually when I tell myself, it's okay that you're not perfect. It's okay that things aren't going to always work, that I actually have a desire to get up and get stuff done. So I personally needed to be reminded this today, especially, and that's why I decided to read from it. Keep this in mind. Which coach would you hire? Which parent do you think would help you actually achieve more in life? The one that was mean and telling you that you're never going to be good enough or a 90 isn't 100 or always focusing on where you didn't do a good job or the parent that was honest with you and told you where you're actually great and where you're doing a good job, but also where you can apply those strengths in other areas of your life and start to be that person for yourself internally from the place where you actually want to get stuff done, from the most pragmatic and practical place, it is proven that that is more effective long-term. I do believe that when you instill fear and judgment on someone, perhaps in the short term, they can produce results faster. You cannot live happily driven by fear. You will constantly be stressed, constantly be anxious. And I love what she said. What is the, what is the end goal? What is the end goal once you do all of the things that you want to get done? to be happy and fulfilled and at peace. So if the whole way there, you're stressed and anxious and feel shitty about yourself, I wouldn't call that success. I think success is also learning to enjoy and be at peace in the process and achieve your goals. And I'm not interested in success where I have to give up on having peace of mind and feeling good about myself the whole way there. And neither should you. So that is it for today. Definitely chew on this one. I think there's a lot here. 
And if you struggle with this in particular and you want extra help with this, definitely reach out to me. This is something that I help a lot of people with. And it could be in one 60-minute one-on-one conversation where we really unpack what your obstacles are to move from self-criticism to self-compassion. And if you liked this podcast, please screenshot it, share it, tag me if you do, and share it with someone who you think will enjoy it. Like I say, it's not just to help me, it's also to help other people. If this episode genuinely provided value for you, then why not share it? Thanks again for being here. I love you guys. I hope you have an amazing day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are and whatever you're doing listening to this. I hope this episode helps you cultivate a little bit more compassion for yourself and let go of the need to constantly criticize yourself. Thanks again. I love you. Bye-bye.